professional wrestling, you know as well as I do, the news cycle never, ever takes a day off, and that means neither does Mr. YLP himself on today's episode of News of the Weekend for episode 275 of the YLP podcast. I got plenty of news to speak about. More importantly, all the news that's fit for me to talk about today on today's episode. I have news on why Sting signed with AEW as well as backstage news on how they plan on using Sting going forward. I have exclusive news on Tessa Blanchard and her talks with WWE and AEW. I got news on Alberto Del Rio and apparently why he's not off the hook just yet for sexual assault and kidnapping charges. I got news on, of course, the Forgotten Sons and why Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake were alongside King Corbin this past Friday for SmackDown Live, as well as the major heat still on Jackson Riker. You, as well as you know, I got the news on in terms of the ratings for AEW Dynamite, SmackDown, and NXT, and much, much more. All that for episode 275 of the YLP podcast. And with that being said, let's hit the intro. Let us begin. Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening then you are listening get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager and you are listening to wrestle addict radio now enjoy the show are you ready Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Hope you continue to one for your college and your NFL. 
NFL things. Hope you're fantasy. I know that uh, this week was the final week. Uh, is the final week of the uh, regular season for most of the fantasy players. I hope you fan duel and DraftKings players won some money this week. Um, if you didn't, well, hey, try again next time. We still have a few weeks left in the year. Whatever you did this weekend, I hope it was very productive and you actually did things that were going to your goals, your dreams, and everything else in between, y'all. Because, hey, you know we are in unprecedented times of quarantine and all that stuff. You can still be able to be productive, and that's what I'm doing for today's episode of the YO Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. But before we get into the swing of things, y'all know I gotta put the first round in and represent for probably the best. Actually, it's not probably the best. Very, very Yes, and y'all know how I get down with this. Let's make sure we get into the fun stuff. Let's talk about Christmas. Let's talk about the holiday season real quick. Let's talk about the last month of the year. We know uh, we are in holiday shopping season, and that means you know, you're trying to find those last minute gifts for the ones you love, family and friends, and all that good stuff. And, you know, if you can't seem to find anything, you know, you're looking, you're looking online, you're looking at the stores, and there's just nothing that possibly, you know, please the masses, uh, that is your friends and family, hey, I got a little deal for you, why don't you head over to our Teespring stores, more importantly, my Teespring store, over at young-nines, that's perfecto.myteespring.co, and get yourself some swanky-ass YLP merch, yes, um, y'all know over there, I got, I got, you know, clothing for men, women, and the young hubs out there. As well as accessories like coffee mugs, socks, tapestries, posters, dime pads, stickers, all that good stuff in between. And most importantly, when you go to check out, make sure you use code WAR15 over all caps. And that will save you 15% off your entire purchase over there on the ORT stores. But make sure you use the package as well. And when you do, when you get sent to Make sure you actually post that on your Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you tag your boy in there. Over on the Twitter side, you can tag at YY Perspective. And on Instagram, at YoungMatchWorldWatch. Show some love and support. And I have the permission to post that love to Post that on my social media. Using the hashtag FashionFriday. We'll make sure 15 minutes of glory and excellence. So Self, y'all. Again, holiday season is coming. Winter is here. Winter is here, and I would love nothing more for you than to give yourself a YLP hoodie, a YLP pullover sweater, possibly some leggings if you live in the gym. Y'all want to look clean, and you want to make your friends jealous by giving you some custom merch from yours truly to support the movement. I know I actually checked the analytics, and actually 19% of y'all are actually ladies, and that much I appreciate. I know 75% of y'all. Our uh, fellas out there and non-specified is 5%. So represent the YLP movement proudly. Get yourself some YLP merch today. Again, Young Dash. I can't believe I was. Um, young Dash Lines Dash Perspective. Dot my teespring dot co. Use code WAR15 over and save 15% off your entire purchase. Again, that's young-lines-perspective.myteespring.co. Again, 15% off when you use code WAR15 over. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let us get into the news of the weekend. Let me get my professor glasses all nice and shiny and looking good so I know what the hell I'm looking at. 
And we'll begin with today's top story of Sting. Sting, of course, made his AEW debut this past Wednesday night on Dynamite in the world, especially on Twitter, when absolute fucking bananas and now we have news as to why he signed with aew and how they're going to be using sting going forward and we'll start from fightful.com report sting signed with aew because he was happy with his w unhappy with his wwe run this is actually by robert d felice sting was not pleased with his time and in wwe according to reports Sting shocked the world when he appeared on AEW Dynamite on December 2nd. This is the first time he appeared in a wrestling ring since losing to Seth Rollins at WWE Night of Champions in 2015 in a match that ended his in-ring career. According to a new report from Louis Dangour of WrestleTalk, the reason that the WCW icon appeared on Dynamite and signed a multi-year contract is that he was unhappy with how he was used by WWE and wants a proper final run for his audience. Sting only had three matches in WWE, all of which took place in 2015. Of those matches, he unfortunately lost two of them. His WWE debut was a loss to Triple H at WrestleMania 31. He would win a tag team match alongside John Cena on an episode of Raw and then would lose to Seth Rollins in, in, in the unforementioned match. In the most recent Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Sting was really interested in having a cinematic match with The Undertaker, but it did not come to fruition. Powerhouse Hobbs, one of the wrestlers in the ring on Wednesday when Sting made his debut, gave his thoughts on Sting's debut. And of course, if you want to check out this article, make sure you head over to Fightful.com. You can check on, click on the hyperlink there and you can see what Mr. Hobbs had to say about Sting's debut in AEW. Now, before I give you my thoughts and everything, let's talk about the backstage news on how they plan on using Sting over. We'll go over in AEW, we'll go head over to WrestlingInc.com and talk, discuss the backstage news on how AEW plans to use Sting from Sai Mohan. Pro wrestling legend Sting made his AEW debut during Wednesday night's Winter is Coming episode of AEW Dynamite. Soon after his arrival, AEW announced that Sting has signed a multi-year deal with the company, and he will be speaking on this coming Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. According to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, AEW plans to feature Sting as a regular character on TV and not just as a legend making sporadic appearances once in a while. Meltzer noted AEW wanted to bring in a star from the old generation of TNT as a regular, since such a move could potentially help draw in fans from yesteryears. It was noted that AEW will be careful with the 61-year-old Sting and that he won't be taking any bumps, despite being used as a regular character on TV. In the event that Sting does anything physical, it will be done with the utmost precaution added Meltzer. With AEW already releasing new Sting merchandise, Meltzer made a note of the timing behind Sting, Sting, Sting's debut. Quote, They timed this right before Christmas, he said, while adding that Sting's arrival gives the company a great boost going into the holiday season. After Sting's WWE Legends contract expired in May, WWE pulled all of his merchandise in October. Typically, most WWE alumni resign their legend contracts. However, when Sting didn't resign, the writing was on the wall for him to join AEW, according to Meltzer. As reported earlier, AEW President Tony Khan issued a statement on the signing, quote, The surprise introduction of Sting was a great way to celebrate our biggest episode of Dynamite yet, said Khan. When AEW launched, I was ecstatic to bring wrestling back to TNT after a long absence. 
Sting defeated the legendary Ric Flair in the final match to be shown on TNT for more than 18 years until the debut of Dynamite in 2019. Now, almost two decades later, it's such a thrill to welcome Sting to AEW and bring him back home to TNT. End quote. So back in 2015, when um, Sting was making made his re- made his debut and return to the professional wrestling business, a lot of people had a lot of fanfare going into that, saying, "Holy shit, Sting's back!" And the and from what I saw, one of the first few things that fans wanted to see from Sting was a match with the Undertaker, talking about the two biggest names in the industry, two biggest legends of the industry at that moment, and. People were hoping that Sting vs. Undertaker would take place at a WrestleMania within like the 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. And unfortunately, that was never that never happened. And it really disappointed a lot of fans because that was kind of like the one last true match we wanted to see from two legends that were on separate uh entities um during the Monday Night Wars and a lot of Fans, including myself, wanted to see Sting versus Undertaker. Unfortunately, that was not the case. And the really sucky part was when he had his matches in WWE, especially at WrestleMania 31, I was thinking Sting versus Triple H didn't really have that appeal that I really was hoping for. I was not a fan of this match at all whatsoever. I wasn't even more not of a fan of this matchup when it was found out to be uh, that Triple H defeated Sting, which... Me personally, I'm not. I wasn't a fan of. I would still to this day think it was the wrong booking decision. Sting was making his true debut in WWE. Excuse me, and nothing came out of it. Losing to Triple H, the NWO on one side, DX on the other side, and Sting lost in his debut, and it rubbed fans the wrong way. And I think to this day, a lot of people would say, you know, Sting losing to Sting losing at WrestleMania in his debut match, was the wrong call in that John. Now, as well as, you know, the whole thing with John Cena and Seth Rollins, that's perfectly fine. Um, but more, the most important thing was that, you know, Sting losing in his debut matchup was definitely the wrong call, and I still think to this day it's going to be the wrong call. Um, fans even more were upset with the fact that, you know, he never really got his... Uh, the one thing he wanted was a match with the Undertaker. He wanted to have that match with Undertaker in a cinematic matchup, and we never ever got that. And that really kind of you know pissed off fans a little bit um, with that because of the fact that you know WWE wasn't willing to pull that trigger and have that when he was doing his wrestling thing. So that definitely rubbed fans the wrong wrong way, and that's it's not surprising that you know. He decided to jump shit to AEW and make his debut over there. I love the call. I love the fact that, you know, Sting is in AEW and the fact that they're going to be using him as a regular instead of just a once in a while type situation. He just go, you know, comes in, goes away, comes back when it's needed. He's going to be there on the regular. He's going to be there weekly. And uh, when I read this report, um, at work, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is good, but is he going to be taking, the one thing I think I did not want him to do was take any bumps, um, I spoke with about this, um, with the, uh, Wrestle Addict Squadron over on Twitter, we had a little conversation about that, and we were all in agreement that Sting taking bumps 
doing anything in ring match wise or anything like that was definitely the wrong move. And if AEW uh, did that, it would definitely rub people the wrong way. He's 61 years old. Now, mind you, he looks good for 61. I'm not going to front with that. But for Sting to even bother to take any bumps was definitely um, going to be the wrong call. And a lot of fans, I think, a lot of people, I think, would definitely be against that. Because when you're older, you're not as crisp as you want to, not as clean, you're a little bit slow. And um, I personally don't think it's the best of ideas to have him take anything. So for AEW to realize that and understand, okay, we really can't have him taking any bumps. And if we do, um, it would be like a, a once in a while type thing. So the fact that they're going to be using the utmost precaution if they decide to have him take any bumps um, is definitely the right move. And I like the fact that they're going to use him regularly as and instead of just every once in a while he'll just pop up when it, when they believe it's needed and that's that's a good thing too because my personal take on it is that they should really use him as a mentor managerial type uh situation with darby allen i think that is the clear-cut best way to utilize sting in aew going forward for now how many years we don't know if we find out the report um on anything with that, I'll be able to pass that along to you guys as soon as I possibly can. But we know it's going to be at least a couple of years um, for him in AEW, possibly using him as a producer of some sort. And that would actually be a really cool thing for Sting to uh, really give uh, AEW his input since he's been in the business for fucking ever since I was a kid. So um, that's always a good thing. But I think in this case, you know, not having him take any bumps, not having him really do anything of physical activity um, is the best move we can do here. And hopefully they utilize him in a situation with um, Darby Allen. But we'll know a lot more uh, this Wednesday night when Tony Schiavone is going to conduct an interview with Sting on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday night. And I think that's what we should start the show with, To be, if I'm being brutally honest with you guys. That's how you should start the show. If you're going to hook fans into having Sting be on AEW Dynamite, that's how you start the show. Tony Schiavone in the ring, bringing out Sting and letting Sting have the floor to say what he needs to say of um, what he has going forward. We'll see. We will see, and hopefully everything does work out for the Stinger. Okay, that was random. Let me try to reload that one. There we go. So, apparently... Um, we talked about Alberto Del Rio about a week or two ago about him, uh, the uh, charges uh, for his sexual assault and kidnapping case that was supposed to take place on January 25th being dropped. And the accuser actually apologizing to the Del Rio family uh, for past things. And I discussed that at great length. If you want to check out the episode out, you can find that over on anchor.fm slash Russell Addict Radio or anchor.fm slash wrestleatic radio or over on ambiguous podcast solutions.com or anywhere you can find our podcast but from ringside according to ringside news Alberto Del Rio is not off the hook for sexual assault and kidnapping charges this is from Felix Update Alberto Del Rio was arrested in May on sexual assault charges but the status of that case against him is in question right now Del Rio's accuser, his ex-girlfriend, came forward and apologized to his entire family. She claimed that Del Rio assaulted her, tied her up, and then sexually assaulted her for several hours using various objects. It appeared that the case against Alberto Del Rio is now closed, and Alberto Del Rio's brother verbally buried his accuser as well. 
Alberto might not be totally in the clear because it is in the hands of the courts. When Mike Johnson of PW Insider was recently asked about the situation, he said things haven't changed when it comes to the official record. Uh, this is an actual quote from them. Uh, quote, court records indicate he's still slated to go on to trial on January 25th, 2021, and that has remained unchanged. Sorry, hold on. Do, 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 do. The last week. I will go by court records, end quote. We did an investigation into this matter, and it appeared that Alberto Del Rio might have been cleared and had his record of their alleged crimes expunged. Mike Johnson claims that Del Rio's court date is still on the docket that he is looking at for January 25th. We will have just have to wait and see what happens in this situation. Now, my thing is this. Um, it could just be they were trying to, uh, I mean, if it's records got expunged, if everything has been dropped and she has apologized to the entire family, I spoke about this at length, um, when we talked about the charges being dropped, um, I said that, you know, the possibility of her possibly lying is definitely up there. Um, you know, the police may have figured out something in terms of, you know, her story not corroborating with everything that happened. I'm sure Dario gave them his side of the story and let them know what was going on. And things weren't adding up to this point. There are a multitude of reasons as to why possibly she dropped it. We may never know those uh, reasons because reasons. But, I mean, it is all public record. You can find it online yourself. Do your due diligence and make sure you do that for yourself if you're going to be keeping up with this as well as I am. So, definitely keep an eye on that for sure. And we'll see how everything goes with that. My thing is this. If it's still in the docket, um, they may just be... Um, having it on record, may, may have not made it official, um, that it is gone, it's going to be off the docket. As of now, they're saying it's still on the docket, but the uh, crimes have been expunged from his record. Um, and we shall see what happens with all of that. As a person uh, who unfortunately has been arrested uh, once before, and I hide, I do not hide that whatsoever because it happened, I was there, I was cuffed, and... Um, so, I mean, I took care of my business. I paid my $833. I took my three drug test and I um, just made sure that, you know, I took care of my business and took all of that. Um, luckily, with the uh, with the uh, courts, um, everything got taken care of. I was able to uh, continue my life as I normally do, even though I was still paying them, you know, X amount of dollars per month to get it taken care of which was a pain in the dick, but I did call them. I did receive a uh, check in the mail from my mother one day and she let me know that, um, you know, it was a re refund for X amount of dollars and that uh, apparently my stuff got adjudicated, which translates in basically into I'm fucking good. So, um, yeah, so I was, yeah, it was just a poor mistake on my part. That was my bad. And like I said, I do not hide this stuff. Um, I actually like to put it out there as, you know, for you guys to know that it's not the best of ideas to, you know, make, make sure you're running with the right people. Um, it's not to say the people that I was chilling with that night were, were good people. It's just that in that moment, there's a lot of things that were going on that I was not aware of or things, you know, that were in there that I was not uh, privy to. So, you know, I learned my lesson from that. It cost me a shot of being in the Air Force, um, but I was able to live in Myrtle Beach for three years, and I think I was better off because of it, and I became the person that I am today because of those situations. So, um, 
So luckily, you know, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And hopefully Alberto Del Rio does not have to worry about that court case on January 25th. If anything does pop up, um, I'll, of course, let you guys know all about that. And I do not know why my freaking John is acting dumb. My goodness. But this would be a... This would be a good time, though, uh, to let you guys know that, uh, again, um, NXT TakeOver War Games is going to be, ha- will be, has happened, and I uh, just want to let you guys know on Patreon side of things that my NXT War Games uh, review will probably be going up sometime uh, this coming weekend. I would say I'm uh, pressed for Saturday, sometime around there. Um, I want to get that up. It's, I mean, I want to get all my notes together. Of course, I still have shows to record through the week. So expect a uh, new Patreon episode for all my patrons out there on patreon.com slash Radio. Expect the review of, excuse me, my review of TakeOver War Games to happen uh, this coming weekend. So that's always going to be a fun thing there. So let us get into more of the news. Just want to give you that uh, that little tidbit there for you uh, people who are rocking with Patreon. And uh, if you want to be a member of the Patreon family, head over to patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. 17 cents a day, equating to $5 a month, will get you a ton of benefits um, and things you will not be able to get outside of WrestleAddict Radio's Patreon. Uh, things like being a part of our wrestling WrestleAddict Radio group chat, which you'll be able to talk to with all the patrons over there. Kavita, Slack, uh, Quarantine Gene himself. Uh, Jermaine Lang and all the patrons that we have over there. And we love every single one of y'all for your continued love and support. You'll be able to listen to shows like Love and War, hosted by Kay Murphy and King Ricky Rose. 20 Bell Salute from Mr. Fretz and the Secret Files podcast, hosted by yours truly. When you do not know the, the topic of the show until you press play, as well as you'll get a code. That, of course, you know, we do have the code going on with uh, until the end of the year with War 15 over. But if you're a member of Patreon, you'll be able to use the code past the end of this year. That will get you 50% off every single time you check out at any of our Teespring stores, including the original War Collection, the Pride Collection, all of our separate Teespring stores, including the YLP Collection and and all the all the good things over there. Again, patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio. Again, 17 cents a day, $5 a month will get you all of those benefits. And, of course, more coming down the pike, which is always a win in and of itself. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Please join the movement of exclusivity today. I got a little bit of NJPW news for you guys for this opening segment of the show. And, of course... The Best of Super Juniors and the World Tag League Finals are officially set as of today. Let's get into that from F4WOnline.com, written by Brian Rose. The Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League Finals have been set. And before I continue, I'm going to take a sip of my wonderful coffee. Mm-hmm. So, Hiromu Takahashi. And El Desperado will meet in the Best of Super Juniors 27 Finals, both reaching 14 points. Juniors champion Taiji Ishimori also finished with 14 points, but unfortunately, Takahashi and Desperado both have wins over Ishimori, which, however, however, which eliminates him from the tournament. After Desperado defeated Bushi to advance to the finals, Takahashi came out and confronted Desperado as the two had a stare down. Meanwhile, 
Juice Robinson and David Finley, the current reigning and defending World Tag League champions, will meet the Gorillas' destiny in the World Tag League Finals. After Finley and Robinson defeated Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi to advance, the Gorillas' destiny jumped Finley and Robinson before they could cut a celebratory promo. Jado called G.O.D. the leaders of the tournament and that they would be the winners come this Friday. So if you're going to be keeping up with NJPW and all that good stuff, the World Tag League Finals are set for Friday. Y'all know, know I love that shit. Robinson and Finley and G.O.D. both finished with 12 points. Champions Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., the Dangerous Tackers, also had 12 points, but they lost to both teams in the same fashion I, uh, Mr. Taichi Ishimori did as well. This will be the second time that Robinson and Finley have reached the finals, winning the tournament last year over Evil and Sonata. They went on to defeat the Gorillas of Destiny at Wrestle Kingdom 14 for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. The finals for both tournaments will take place on December 11th at Budokan Hall. And the final scores for both tournaments are as follows. In terms of the best of Super Juniors, El Desperado, 14, Takahashi, 14, Ishimori, 14, Show over Pongi 3K came out with 12, Bushi with 8, Master Wato, 8, Eagles, and Taguchi also tied with 8, Doki finished up with 4, and Young Lion, Yuya Uramura, ended up with um, 0. <laughs> over on the World Tag League side of things, Juice Robinson and David Finley, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa and the Dangerous Tackers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. ended up with 12, but uh, because of the fact that Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. lost both matches to Robinson and Finley and the Gorillas of Destiny, they are eliminated from the tournament. Shingo, and T- Shingo Takagi and Sonata ended up with 10, as well as I- Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano. Uh, Goto and Yoshihashi also ended up with 10, as well as the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb from The Empire. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens and Evelyn Yujiro Takahashi ended up with six. And Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare ended up with two points on there. So with, with this, uh, and a lot of people have, uh, I haven't really seen any um, news on there or as well as um, who had the best tournament and stuff. I was, I'm really interested to see more side of World Tag League than I am with Best of the Super Juniors. Because of the fact that this all harkens back to Wrestle Kingdom 14 last year, or should I say this year, um, with Juice Robinson and David Finley defeating the Gorillas of Destiny to become the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions in what I thought was a banger matchup um, from that match. That was that was such a good matchup. And usually, when it comes to World Tag League, World Tag League is one of those situations where, more, more often than not, from what I've uh, noticed, that... If you win World Tag League, more often than not, you're going to win the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. It's pretty much been a given the past few years that uh, you will get those championships around your waist as World Tag League champions. And I'm really happy with Robinson and Finley, uh, Finjuice, as they uh, are affectionately called. This is a really solid tag team, and I'm really glad they're back together. It's a fantastic thing. Um, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa uh, really have stepped up, and the Girls of Destiny are absolutely one of my favorite tag teams in NJPW right now. I am, I've been a huge fan of theirs for quite some time as, you know, cause they are really just super, a great tag team. Uh, you know, um, of course, if you know the good brothers, uh, Luke Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson gave them the magic killer finisher, uh, gave them the blessing with that, which is always a beautiful thing um, in and of itself. When you can pass that on to your squadron before heading out, 
this has the shape, there's uh, the makings of a solid finals matchup, and I wouldn't uh, suspect anything less, especially now that we're literally going to be five weeks, actually, we're four weeks away now from Wrestle Kingdom 15. This is going to be fire, and of course, winners get a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, the Dangerous Techers, the team of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Over on the Best of Junior side, the winner of that will easily get a shot against Taiji Ishimori. And I suspect Takahashi will get his shot against Ishimori and a shot to gain back the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. The last time these two faced each other, um, that was a banger of a matchup between Takahashi and Ishimori. Ishimori, of course, coming out with the victory and becoming the new champion. And I suspect nothing less than Takahashi uh, gunning for Ishimori. In terms of the uh, tag team side of things, I'm going to go with the Gorillas of Destiny to win this Friday to uh, win the World Tag League and go up against Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I would like to see uh, Finn Juice win, but I think right now with the Gorillas of Destiny, I think NJPW sees that they got something big um, with the return of the Gorillas of Destiny. They had been out for quite some time. Um, of course, with uh, with the coronavirus situation going on, um, it took a little bit of time for, you know, the Girls Destiny to wait a while to get back in the swing of things. Of course, the restrictions with Japan and everything like that. Um, it really kind of really messed up a few things for a lot of the uh, Gaijin, the outsiders uh, from NJPW. So it took a little bit of time, but they were running things over on NJPW Strongs here, here in the United States. So they were still doing their damn thing. But I really suspect Gorillas of Destiny will win the tur- will win the tag league um, for the first time in a couple of years and get back into the main card for Wrestle Kingdom 15 going down on January 4th and January 5th. So we'll see how that goes this coming Friday. Let me see here. What do I want to do? Do I want to do anything here? Uh, yeah, okay. So we'll go with one last article before we take a quick break. From WrestlingInc.com, update on Tessa Blanchard's talks with WWE and AEW. This is from Nick Houseman. Tessa Blanchard wrapped up her tenure with Impact Wrestling on June 25th of this year. And of course, if you know the whole story with that, we discussed this at length earlier this year with the whole situation with Tessa Blanchard and not wanting to uh, go with Impact on, you know, cutting promos or appearing on Impact programming and all that stuff. So... If you know about that, you know the whole story. If not, well, pretty much they gave you the whole thing here. At the time of her release, she was the current Impact World Champion and was subsequently stripped of the title. Eddie Edwards would go on to win the Vega title at Slammiversary 2020 in a five-way match that also included Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, Eric Young, and Rich Swan. Before her release, Blanchard had become the subject of scandal regarding old reports concerning how she treated other women backstage, including an incident in Japan where she allegedly used a racial slur against La Rosa Negra. During her time as Impact Champion, which she won as the scandal was breaking, she was never allowed to participate in media scrums or calls to address the allegations. Since her release, there has been speculative speculative reporting that All Elite Wrestling has no interest in signing Tessa due to the allegations from earlier this year, with some going so far as to say that the AEW women's roster did not want Tessa as part of the AEW locker room. Wrestling Inc. can confirm this that this reporting is not true, and there's interest from both WWE and AEW in signing the third-generation wrestler. From what we have heard, 
The reason Tessa has not signed with either company is because she is still celebrating her recent marriage to fellow wrestler Daga. The two are currently residing in Mexico while they are waiting out the pandemic before making any further moves. Once the pandemic winds down or gets more under control, the two will be moving back to the States and she is expected to choose which promotion to sign with. Stay with Wrestling Inc. for all the latest regarding Tessa Blanchard's future. Now the thing with this whole scandal situation, all that stuff, whatever... Um, it really, really uh, became a big deal after, and this, like I said, this literally happened right after she won the Impact World Championship. Became the first woman to ever hold uh, the championship in the company's history. It was a big deal. A lot of people were really psyched about it. Of course, her being, I believe, her beating uh, Sammy Callahan um, to win the title. And this was one of those things where a lot of people were really high on Tessa Blanchard. Her stock was as high as it possibly could at that point. And, you know, a lot of people were just like, you know, and then this, all this came out and, you know, it really, really caught, it really caused a little bit of a rift between Miss Blanchard, Mrs. Blanchard. Um, well, I, I don't know her actual Made it now. I don't know if she's still using Blanchard or not, but that's that's neither here nor there. And I digress. I know Marley. It's I know, I know. It's retarded, but it bees what it bees. We'll go. We'll go with that from there. But the thing was with the whole scandal that came out with her allegedly using a racial slur in Japan while she was out there. A lot of people were really starting to sour on Miss Blanchard. And we're really saying, you know, you know, that's your world, that's your world champion. And she's coming out with this, you know, I'm thinking the best of ideas to keep her as champion. If this scandal, uh, if all the stories about uh, what what she said to Lois on Negro was actually true, we may never know about that. We may never know the actual you know, story behind it, who knows, it bees what it bees, and that's none of my damn business at this point, but, you know, the fact that WWE and AEW wouldn't want to sign her and bring her into their company is a little bullshit, because they would, I mean, how in God's name wouldn't you want to sign Tessa Blanchard to your company, she would instantly make wherever she went, whatever company she went to that much better and build anticipation. Um, I've seen reports about possibly her not signing with AEW. I've heard reports about her possibly signing with WWE. We've all seen it. It's all, you know, it's kind of like that uh, one person commercial. We all see it. We all see it. Blue hair, blue. Because of Blanchard. Mm. Say, saying wrong things. And... So, who, I mean, personally, if I'm an AEW and WWE, I would still consider signing her because she can be a huge asset to the women's division. Now, if she goes over to WWE, she goes immediately into a very competitive NXT women's division. I don't think the right call would be sending her up immediately to the main roster. 
Although, you know, then, you know, the, uh, the thoughts of her versus Charlotte Flair would come up, her versus Sasha, all that stuff. You know, you know, you know, when you know, if you know, you know. But I think bring if she bring, gets brought over to NXT, that gives instant credibility to the division into, into what I still believe to this day is the best women's division in all of professional wrestling and makes it that much more. With that, too, um, you can start moving people certain you can actually move people up uh, to the main roster, namely Rhea Ripley. And you can add, you can easily plug in Tessa Blanchard and make that division just as competitive. If you bring her over to the AEW side, that really adds instant credibility to the women's division and makes her a major player immediately in that division and makes her a top candidate to possibly become AEW Women's World Champion. Um, I would personally hope she signs with AEW, given the fact that AEW's women's division needs um, some star power. A lot of it. They need star power more than ever. And Tessa Blanchard would easily make a name for herself in that women's division. And I would say she'd be champion within like the first six to nine months of her AEW career. 100%. There's no way you, would, you wouldn't want to have Tessa Blanchard on your roster. Because the girl can go. I've seen her many a times on Wrestle Circus. Uh, when she was the first ever um, ringmaster and uh, sideshow champion. Uh, she's a former lady of the ring champion over at Wrestle Circus. Um, as well before uh, Wrestle Circus went bye-bye about a year or so ago, which was very unfortunate. It was one of my favorite independent promotions, uh, period, hands down. And no, and no argument or conversation to be had with that. But, um, yeah. AEW and WWE would be absolute fools to not want to sign her. And, um, I mean, right now, Blanchard is biding her time in Mexico with her husband, um, just waiting for the coronavirus to die down. Uh, who knows when that may be, but when it does, I immediately ex- uh, suspect that the both companies will be chomping at the bit to be trying to get her services into their companies. And again, it would add instant credibility to whatever roster she goes to. Um, just as far as it goes with WWE, bring her into NXT, get her into the WWE style, let her do her thing over there for quite a little while, for about a year or so, and literally let her develop into, you know, what WWE would want her to be, uh, going forward. As far as AEW, instant credibility to the division, instant, uh, within, I'd say six to nine months, she becomes champion and should hold that belt for quite some time if that's the case. And, uh, I mean, there's no reason why we wouldn't want to see her in AEW. I think if she went to AEW, it'd be the perfect landing spot for her because her also her dad, Tully, is over there. And definitely she could brought, be in, brought into the group with Spears and with FTR. That whole situation, I think that would actually work better for her, knowing that her dad would actually keep her uh, on a very, very tight leash um, with all of that. Because I'm sure AEW would be like, hey, we know your situation. We know what happened. You know, explain to us what happened, and you know we're really gonna have, we're gonna be watching you like a hawk. If you even so much as slip up, you're done. I think that will go with both WWE and AEW. I think they would have to work work on that with that. You know, if this is the if this is the case of what happened in Japan, and if that's what happened, we're gonna really watch you and make sure you know you're doing things the right way. Especially if you decide to put the championship around your waist, you're gonna be the you're gonna be the top dog in the women's division and um we don't want you doing anything to the point where you know we have to find reason to a get rid of you b strip you of the title or c take the title off of you and give it to someone else um she's she's a huge asset to either company she goes to and hopefully you know 
once everything gets sorted out, they, she understands that, you know, what she needs to do and go about things the right way. And, and again, working with her father, I think would be the best thing because her father would definitely keep her on a tight leash. So that's going to conclude part one of episode 275 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, though, um, of course, y'all know I got news on the ratings from SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, and WWE NXT. You know all that. We got, we're going to talk about all of that fun stuff. Uh, we got I got news on... Uh, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake returning to SmackDown and news on uh, Jackson Riker and the major heat that he has over there. And some interesting news um, from WWE Creative. Uh, this is a big one coming out of WWE. WWE Creative woes resulting in a lot of frustration among superstars and um, surprisingly uh, with TLC coming up in two weeks time. WWE is way behind with TLC booking plans, as well as a article for the end of today's show. Um, a feel-good story, a very, very nice story. I got a little bit of news on that. That'll be something to keep uh, listening to this episode for. It's a very nice story. I think it's a proper way to end uh, today's episode of the podcast. When we come back from episode 275 of the YLP podcast, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Greetings, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at WrestleLatic Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. But right now, right here and right now, you are listening to the Stephen A. Smith of WrestleLatic Radio, the unapologetically poignant, vibrant, and ferocious Young Lions perspective hosted by my man, Zachary Rosica. Enjoy the show. Yes, yes, we are back with episode 275 of the YLB podcast, talking about the news of the weekend. Glad you came back around. Check out the second half of today's episode and all the good things that come with it. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, let's get into the second half of the news of the weekend. I got a good amount of news here to quench your thirst. So let's get started with... Let's talk about Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake. Uh, of course, uh, what happened on Smack, if you were watching SmackDown this past Friday, you noticed that they were actually accompanying King Corbin ringside, which was kind of a weird flex, but okay situation. But now we know why. And uh, let's get into it from WrestlingNews.co. Two WWE stars return. SmackDown stable appears to be done. This is from Paul Davis. Now, take this with a huge grain of salt today. Um, I don't know. It's just something about it. I'm going to wait to see until we get a full-on situation. But let's see what we got going on here. This past week on WWE Friday Night SmackDown, King Corbin got another match against Murphy. However, this week... This past week, Corbin had some backup with him. Two mysterious men in hoodies walked out and stood at ringside during the match. The men were Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Blake teamed with Murphy in NXT, and they were tag team champ- NXT Tag Team Champions at one point. Blake and Cutler attacked Dominic and Ray, and Corbin won the match with the end of the days. 
While not confirmed, it appears that the Forgotten Sons are no longer a stable. There are questions about the future of the group after comments from Jackson Riker and Black Lives Matter. There were also anti-mask comments that drew a big outcry from fans on social media and a blackface photo from a few years ago. It's not clear if there are any are plans to bring him back, perhaps under a new gimmick, or if he will be back at all. And if you want to check out uh, more news from Friday Night Smackdown, you can click on the hyperlink that has there. The second article I have uh, pertaining to the Forgotten Sons is from eWrestlingNews.com. Backstage news on the major heat still on Jackson Riker. This is from Ryan Clark. As reported last night here on EWN, the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler appeared on SmackDown and helped King Corbin defeat Murphy. As seen, Jackson Riker, known as, uh, of course, for those of you who are TNA fans, you know him as Gunner, did not appear and wasn't mentioned at all. As you'd likely guess, Fightful is reporting that Riker is still in the doghouse and wasn't brought in for the angle. There is still a lot of heat on him, and he hasn't been brought in for WWE's tapings in several months. At one point, Riker wasn't, fe- wasn't featured on the Eternal roster sheets. The company is saying that it wasn't worth the risk of bad publicity of him being on TV. And top WWE officials weren't big fans of his when he was called up to the main roster anyways. There was never any backstage heat on Blake and Cutler over the situation, as they were simply caught in the middle of it after Riker's tweets. Huh. So basically, from what I'm gathering, the Forgotten Sons, oh, of course, my Wi-Fi decides to go full dum-dum on your boy as I'm trying to uh, see some other things. Um, There we go. So it looks as if the Forgotten Sons are no longer... And it stems from Jackson Riker um, having an opinion on uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, situation with all uh, the mask um, things going on uh, with across the United States in terms of mask mandates and all that. So, um, from what I'm seeing in this article, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it or anything, but um, pretty much what I'm looking at with uh, Dave Meltzer in terms of his, uh, Riker's absence, um, quote, he wasn't there. There's a reason he wasn't there, and the reason he wasn't there is the reason they haven't been around for a long time. Those poor guys got a lot of heat from him because he's a complete idiot. Now, that's Dave Meltzer's opinion. Um, Meltzer also added they haven't gotten around to cutting him. I would expect the next round of cuts, he'll be cut. So, now... This is how I see things in the world in the in terms of um in terms of you know Jackson Riker in his opinion. I I was a big fan of the Forgotten Sons when they were in NXT when they moved up to uh the main roster. I kind of wasn't the biggest fan of the move because I felt like they hadn't had their time enough time in NXT to actually be able to garner some sort of, you know, main roster run. Like I said, personally I didn't think that um they were ready to be moved up. They the I I had honestly thought the division kind of needed them as heels, and they were actually making big waves in the division as a whole. So uh, my thoughts were is that I was quite surprised when you know they were moved up to the main roster. So 
and then hearing about Riker's uh, tweets and, um, you know, his opinion on the Black Lives Matter movement and the mass mandates. Here's, here's what I think about this, okay? Me personally, I am a man of being able to say what you want, how you want, whenever you want to, whoever you want to say it to, and you shouldn't get shunned for having a fucking opinion. Okay? I have probably said... I have probably said a ton of shit in, on, on this podcast. I've said it since day one. If you don't like what the fuck I say, this ain't the show for you. Okay? I have never been one to back down from my opinion. Um, over, I'd say at least for the, over the last five years of my existence. I'm not one to mince words. I'm a very straightforward person. Um, and I have no reason to even try to mince my words now. And I don't plan on it anytime soon. So again, I say to this to you. If there's any, at any point you feel that my, what I say on my program is offensive, triggers you, pisses you off, any sort of matter, you are free at any point to just say bye-bye and wave goodbye to not listening to this podcast. I, it, These would it be. I'm, I'm a grown-ass man, and I, I do not tolerate such, tolerate foolishness, okay? Regardless if whether you think my opinion is outlandish, insane, wrong, anything like that, that's up for debate. But to be truthfully honest, a man has an opinion, and... I respect a man more if he sticks by his opinion, even if he's wrong. You know, even if we agree to disagree, you know, I I respect that. I will respect the person more whether they are, whether they stand by opinion, their own opinion. And I'm being dead ass serious about this. Just because Jackson Riker has a difference of opinion in terms of the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement and in terms of mass mandates does not mean that he should be of course, he's going to get shit on social media, obviously. it's It comes with the territory of having a difference of opinion. But there's no fucking reason why any person should be shunned for their opinion. There's no reason that Twitter should be censoring people for a difference of opinion. There's no reason for Facebook or Instagram to do the same fucking thing. Just because they have a difference of opinion than the rest of you lot. I have a difference of opinion on a lot of shit. Okay? And that's facts. Everybody does. But that doesn't mean that Riker should be, you know, shunned by WWE or any of the sort. That's just me personally. Sure. You know, in terms of, you know, like I said, this is this show is not aimed to be political or any anything like that. Mind you, I'm an independent. I'm, I'm I literally have no allegiance to either party. And uh, both of them can honestly kiss my ass. Because they don't do they don't do right by me, so why the fuck do I care about them? It bees what it bees. That's about as far as political as I'm gonna take it. But in terms of Riker having a simple difference of opinion of a movement, a political thing, or anything like that, why should Riker why should Riker be shunned for that? Why? Because of a difference of opinion? And now all of a sudden, more than likely, he's going to get cut by WWE. That's probably going to be the end all because of the because of the bad publicity he received from that. As much as much shit as WWE has dealt with, of course, with the entire Saudi shit, 
with the entire, you know, they did that with a lot of shit. Uh, with the um, with a lot of people saying, you know, about the booking of black uh, uh, black wrestlers and all of this shit. Somehow WWE is still standing. Somehow WWE is still here. Now, do I like the fact that the Forgotten Sons are now broken up? Not really. I don't like it at all. I felt that if they actually were booked properly by Bruce Pritchard, you bitch. And we'll talk about more of that in the capacity a little bit later on. There should be no reason why Riker should get cut. Okay, fine. He's in the doghouse. That's fine. Okay, but just because the man has a difference of opinion means that you're just pretty much going to get rid of him? Newsflash, WWE, you weren't doing anything with the fucking team anyway. You weren't. And if anything, you were going to make them a jobber squad. All because one man had a difference of opinion on, on the Black Lives Matter movement and and mass mandates. That's what it's come to. That's what it's come to. Not supporting your... Not, I mean, I, I'm going to catch a lot of hell for this. I know this. Perfectly fine. I can handle it. I got tough skin. Don't bother me one bit. Okay? But there should be no fucking reason why any person who has a difference of opinion than someone else or in terms of, you know, the ideologies of social media nowadays should be censored, shunned, shamed, canceled, anything like that. I've said this on a number of occasions. This It's bullshit why we can't be in the public square of social media and not be able to have a difference of opinion. That's what creates dialogue. And apparently, there are some people out there that don't want to have that dialogue. There are some people that simply just want to simply cancel a motherfucker because of the fact that, oh, you're not riding with the, you're not towing the line, you're not staying the course, you're not riding with us because you have a difference of opinion. Fuck you, you're canceled. Really? That, that's how this works? That's how this works. That's how we're going to work with it. What if, let's let's put what if out there, and, I, and Marley and I have had a conversation about this. What if I said the Black Lives Matter movement was a bunch of bullshit? That it was not helping black people at all. What if I said that it was actually hurting the black community? Would I get canceled then? Would I? More than likely. And mind you, I'm a black man saying that. Come on, Molly. I'm a black man saying if I said, and I, I say that, would you, would you hold it against me? Hmm? Would you? If I said Black Lives Matter didn't do damn, didn't do not anything for the black community at all, except pretty much be looked at as um, looters, rioters, people who simply wanted reparations, and saying that, you know, 
we're out in Chicago going to loot your whole, sh- going to loot the Gucci store, Louis Vuitton store, and saying that's our reparations? Would I can't, would I be canceled then? If I said Black Lives Matter wasn't the type of movement that should actually be looked at as something positive because of the fact that the people who actually run the organization are Marxist? Self-admitted, um, by the way. Would I be canceled then? And that's the problem. If I happen to have a difference of opinion on something, I would be censored. And I have, a, I have an opinion on a lot of shit. And some of it may rub y'all the wrong way. It bees what it bees. But instead of, you know, shunning Riker because of a difference of opinion and people actually getting butt hurt, triggered over it, there should be a dialogue that should be had. That's the difference. We shouldn't be canceling people for a difference of opinion. We should be asking questions as to why they feel the way that they do. Again, this ain't the show to be political, but I feel like I had to say that. Again, I have my opinions on it. I leave that separate from what I do here at WrestleAddict Radio. Because my job here is to talk about professional wrestling, not politics. But I'll be damned. If I see someone going about to be cut simply because they have a difference of opinion on mass mandates and Black Lives Matter movement. Or anything else for that matter. That's bullshit. And that's what our culture has become. And I actually had spoke I actually spoke about this a few what about a month or so ago. And now I gotta bring it up and I gotta talk about this again. Hmm? When is enough enough? When is enough enough to simply just be like, okay, you feel this way, I feel this way, well, let's talk about it, why do, you, why do you think like this, why do I think like this? And if we agree to disagree, so be it. I have a different, I have a different opinion with a lot of my friends on certain things, okay? And I will argue it to the death, but at the end of the day, they're still my peoples. I'm sure the future Mrs. YLP and I will have a difference of opinion on a lot of shit. Okay? It'd be like that. I'm sure you and your significant other have a difference of opinion on a lot of things. But that doesn't mean that your significant other should be canceled by you for the simple fact that they have a difference of opinion on something. On mass mandates. On all this shit. Instead of wanting to censor, to cancel, to shun, to shame, let us have a fucking dialogue and be able to understand why they feel the way they feel. Everybody has beliefs and values in some things. Okay? And now Riker is more than likely going to get cut because of the fact that he had a difference of opinion. And I'm going to leave that there. Because we got more to talk about. Let us get into the frustration in WWE. And more importantly, from WWE Creative. From Forbes.com, 
WWE creative woes resulting in a lot of frustration among superstars from Blake Ostriker. WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon's vice grip on the company's creative process is loosening up, but its booking struggles continue even as McMahon's right-hand man gains more influence. Earlier this year, WWE announced that Bruce Prichard would be heading the creative writing process for television for both Raw and SmackDown in a move that was meant to improve the quality of both WWE's main roster shows. However, as Raw in particular remains a stagnant and mundane program, members of the main roster were reportedly growing increasingly frustrated with Pritchard's role on the creative team. According to a report from PWInsider.com, there is growing resentment among WWE stars toward Pritchard as he gains influence behind the scenes. Quote, the current creative for WWE right now falls directly in the hands of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. In fact, there are some who have described Pritchard to PWInsider.com as the most powerful person in WWE right now, other than a McMahon family member. Creatively, everything flows through Pritchard at the moment, and his word has been described as very much the gospel for Vince McMahon, which, as you might imagine, being in that position translates into a lot of frustration and heat towards Pritchard among talents privately. Triple H was at this week's Raw, while Pritchard was not, which was described to us by several as a breath of fresh air, end quote. Fans have long called for Triple H, the head of WWE NXT's creative process, to assume a similar role on the main roster. But Raw and SmackDown have remained the Vince McMahon show, with Paul Heyman only working for a brief tenure as Raw's creative head before being ousted earlier this year. Other than McMahon, the one WWE official with significant input on the main roster's booking is Pritchard, who has been wildly, widely criticized for a wide variety of reasons, mainly his affinity for utilizing and perhaps relying too heavily on big-name stars from the past. Although the quality of SmackDown has improved tremendously in recent months, the same can't be said about Raw, which has proven to be consistently inconsistent in terms of producing quality storylines. Just this week, the script for Raw reportedly wasn't finished until just before the show aired, which comes as no surprise as McMahon has been notoriously made a slew of last-second changes to Raw on multiple occasions this year, which has been reflected in the lack of long-term storytelling and the plummeting viewership for the Red Brand over the course of the past year plus. Fightful Select adds that WWE has recently changed plans for virtually everyone at the top of the Raw roster, which in hindsight is quite apparent given the clear lack of focus for many of Raw's top feuds. As Raw has been, un been unable to make the most out of its widely talented roster, PW Insider adds that the criticism of McMahon's booking is growing backstage. Quote, the opening segment of Raw between featuring Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, and Alexa Bliss was 100% Vince McMahon's vision. We are told that several argued against the segment, feeling that it was a weak opening segment and needed to be overhauled. But you can't overrule City Hall. End quote. But McMahon, as per usual, got his way, and Raw continues to deliver a largely lackluster product in which even top stars ranging from Drew McIntyre to Asuka to Randy Orton have been saddled with questionable booking on occasion. Meanwhile, many stars who are lower on the card, like Elias and Jeff Hardy, find themselves in a revolving door of meaningless feuds and segments or without much direction, a problem that has plagued potential main eventers like Keith Lee. As frustration among superstars toward Pritchard grows, PW Insider also reports that some backstage producers and superstars themselves are being blamed for issues with WWE's on-screen product. A number of talents who were reprimanded for going over time in recent weeks at the Survivor Series pay-per-view and subsequent TV shows. There is also heat falling on some producers if their segments end up going over, end quote. Issues with WWE's creative process are nothing new, but most of those issues seem to boil down to bad booking. For years, 
Fans have blasted WWE sport with booking as its audience continues to shrink and the company remains unable to create create true top superstars who can carry the company for the next decade. A common complaint among WWE fans is that the company is a one-man show run by McMahon, which why which is why there is such a growing sense of optimism in the industry when Heyman was brought aboard to head up Raw Creative last year. Let me see how much of this more of this article. Okay, we got how much left. It's good. WWE pulled the, the plug on the Heyman experiment before it even had a chance to fail. However, and Heyman was essentially replaced by Pritchard, who, like McMahon, has drawn widespread criticism for his style of booking that is seen as out of touch with today's passionate fan base. The reality is. WWE's dissipating audience and its mundane TV product stem from McMahon's one-man show becoming a two-man power trip that is limiting WWE's room for advancement, stifling superstars' creativity, and turning fans off to the product. Although SmackDown continues to show signs of life on Friday nights, the largely disappointing state of Raw has given fans very little confidence in WWE's ability to turn things around under its current power structure, and rightfully so. Do I even need to add anything to this? Do I even need to add anything? No? Good. Because I'm not. Because basically, Blake explained it all for me. Raw's trash. SmackDown is barely hanging on by a thread. And people are shying away from the product. I've been saying this for a fucking year now. Raw is garbage. I know there are people who will dis- who will still defend the red brand till the day they die. Saying it's still a good product. My friends, me amigos, my people, my squadron, the people of the YLP realm, I am here to tell you that Raw will always be garbage until things change and Mr. McMahon steps the fuck down. And I pray to God that Stephanie and Shane do not take over. The only person that can handle business properly in this company is none other than Paul Levesque. No? Okay. Up. Good girl, Marley. (sighs) Bruce Richard needs needs to go. Fuck it. Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon and Bruce Richard just need to get the hell out of WWE. They are both hindering Raw. They are hindering SmackDown. And honestly, sure. SmackDown ratings were up this week, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But honestly, I have no I have no hope in WWE in terms of Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is trash. And it has been for quite some time for a year plus now. But y'all don't want to hear us though. Y'all don't want to hear us. Y'all don't want to hear what we're saying. When you have the the proofs been right in front of you on your television screens for the past year plus. And still, y'all defend it. Not all y'all. I like most of y'all. But there are some of y'all out there that will still defend Raw. Y'all need to wake the hell up. Raw is garbage. Be honest with yourself. Name the last time you saw an episode of Raw that was actually intriguing. There's a reason I have not watched Raw for a close to two years. Literally. Literally. It's because Raw's garbage. 
they, they, it makes my IQ drop hella points. There's no point in the program. Their storylines are shit. They don't build up their st- the uh, new talent that they bring in from NXT. They've literally ruined careers on on Raw. Keith Lee's dead in the water. Mia Yim's done. Dijakovic is dead to rights. Shane Thorne should have went back to fucking NXT. Mustafa Ali's done. Cedric Alexander barely got by before he became part of the Hurt Business. Barely. Barely. Your women's division is garbage. I see, I've, I've honestly recognized no one in terms of the mid-card. When you have a slew of talent that could gun for Bobby Lashley in the United States Championship... Raw's garbage. The second Heyman got relieved of his duties, that was the second I realized Raw was dead. Paul Heyman was their best chance. Paul Heyman was their best fucking chance to make Raw relevant. And now, to be honest, I, I don't, I don't see Raw as anything more than just three hours of useless television. Of which I don't watch. So what's the point? Stop watching Raw, honestly. I mean, unless you actually cover Raw and you have to watch it, you know, because you cover it for your podcast, that's totally different. But truth, um, but let's be honest here. How many how many people do you know honestly in, in that are pro wrestling fans that are honestly watching Raw on a week to week basis, if they're watching it at all? It's time to realize that Bruce Pritchard needs to get the fuck off. Needs to fuck off. Mr. McMahon needs to fuck off. And this and this honestly goes back to the old guard, new guard. The old guard still wants to keep the power, and will do anything they can to keep it. They've been at the buffet. They've been enjoying the buffet forever, and won't let the new guard come in to create, innovate, and build from from where they where they had it at. That's the problem. That that that's literally across the board in society. Period. The old guard still wants to keep power and would and would never dare let the new guard come in and innovate because they know that once the new guard comes in, they're going to shape, they're going to change everything, and they don't want that. They don't want that. They don't want that because they they know they don't. They know that's what's going to happen if you let the new guard come in and actually be able to help society. You need a new guard in WWE. Vince McMahon needs to go. Bruce Prichard needs to fuck off and go. Case in point from ringsidenews.com. WWE is way behind with TLC booking plans from H. Jenkins. WWE TLC is December 20th. And the company is slowly getting their card together. That annual event is usually loaded with gimmick matches. But only one was announced on television. Kevin Owens will battle Roman Reigns at TLC for the Universal Championship in a traditional TLC match. That actually is two because uh, AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre will compete in the same match. That match was booked this week on Friday Night SmackDown. Then WWE quietly added a TLC stipulation to Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles match without announcing it on television. The company has a lot of work to do when shaping up the remainder of the card. Ringside News has learned that no other stipulations have been locked down as of last night. 
We were told that they are still way behind. The company has a lot of other things that they need to get in line prior to their move to Tropicana Field. They also experienced other things along the way that took their time, like tribute to troops. Pat Patterson's passing dealt a huge blow to morale as well. It is expected that WWE will reveal more stipulation matches for TLC, but they haven't locked down anything haven't locked anything down yet. And the only thing they have on the card See. So the card is as follows right now. Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship in a TLC match. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a TLC match for the Universal Championship. You have The Fiend versus uh the Fiend versus Randy Orton. And for some fucking reason, this is a this is just a banger of a match here. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Lana and Asuka for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Why? Take that match off, and this card is actually good so far. Way behind on the card, huh? This is why I've been saying for quite some time right now. WWE needs an overhaul. Of, of their creative. Their creative team is trash. They don't do anything to help out superstars. Bruce Pritchard is a fucking idiot. 95% of the time. And there is absolutely no goddamn reason why. Like, like, honestly. There's, of course, news has been out. Vince McMahon has been literally changing shit. Before SmackDown airs. Sometimes rewriting shows an hour before the show. News of him uh, rewriting shows during the show. There have been news a couple times that, you know, he was doing uh, rewriting the show during the first hour for the second hour. What kind of dog shit is that? Y'all, mm-mm. Unless WWE, unless Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard bounce... There is no reason whatsoever for them to still be in in business. I mean, honestly, as long as I've been saying this, and and CM Punk still smart. This this company will not this company will not pretty much do anything of of, of have anything of value until Vince McMahon is dead, or he gets or he just leaves, because I am with the uh, people that are. With that, he needs to go. He needs to go. He needs to get the hell out of Dodge. He's done. He's been washed up for quite some time. Bruce Pritchard is garbage. He needs to get the hell out of Dodge, honestly, because fans fans are spying, fans are just fighting, are, are, are hating on his ass. The uh, talent are starting to get frustrated with Pritchard's booking shit, and he doesn't get it. Mind you, I understand there's stress on him for, for, for doing two shows, but that's why you had Paul Heyman in the first fucking place. I'll be damned if I, I, the day I start watching Raw again is the day I hear Vince McMahon goes bye-bye and then Bruce Pritchard follows suit and then Kevin Dunking fuck off too. By the way, until that happens, fuck Raw. Fuck Raw. Raw is dead to me. Raw is trash. The numbers reflect it. What was it? Raw just got a 1.74 million? And I think it had a 1.1, 1.81 before. Still going down. 
And everybody, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, we're still better than AEW. No, you're not. Numbers may say that, but um, quality of show, not even close. Not even close. And especially with what happened on the Winter is Coming episode of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, dude, it's not even close. Raw is done. Speaking of ratings, let's talk about SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, and NXT for a hot minute. From BleacherReport.com, WWE SmackDown ratings up with Reigns and Uso versus Owens and Otis main event. From Mike Chiari, Friday night's episode of WWE SmackDown headlined by Roman Reigns and Jay Uso against Kevin Owens and Otis saw its ratings rise compared to last week. According to Showbuzz Daily, SmackDown averaged 2.028 million viewers during its two-hour broadcast on Fox, which was up from last week's 1.987 million viewers in the overnight ratings. After Reigns addressed Owens in a promo early in the night and agreed to put the Universal Championship on the line against him at TLC, it took part in a tag match to close the show. KO and Otis won by disqualification when Reigns entered the ring and put Owens in a guillotine choke despite not being the legal man. After the bout, Reigns and Uso both unloaded on Owens with steel chairs in the middle of the ring. Okay, I do not want to see a Nissan Rogue crossover, even though I think it looks cool. See, Reigns had uh, Jay hit Owens with a splash at the top rope, but the Tribal Chief then began hitting Uso with a steel chair as well to teach him a lesson about staying in line. SmackDown also paid tribute to the late Pat Patterson, who died earlier in the week. Notably, a six-man tag team match was held in his honor, pitting Big E, Daniel Bryan, and Rey Mysterio against Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke Nakamura. The match involved all current and former Intercontinental Champions. Patterson was the inaugural IC champ, and the Intercontinental title belt he held was on display at ringside. Babyface team won the match before each member got to hit their finisher on Ziggler, who attempted to attack them afterward. Uh, also, we, of course, King Corbin had uh, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler on his side, winning against Murphy. And Natalia upset Bailey after Bailey was preoccupied with Bianca Belair. And SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks had a war with Carmella before accepting her challenge for a title match at TLC. On the Wednesday side of things, from WrestleView.com, AEW Dynamite and NWB NXT ratings update. Dynamite places number two for the night on cable from Jerome Wyland. As of this morning, showbuzzdaily.com has posted the final cable ratings for December 2nd, 2020. Confirming earlier reports last week that AEW had their best ratings since last October. According to the report, AEW Dynamite came in at number two for the night on cable and did draw an average of 913,000 viewers and confirmed the 0.42 rating for Dynamite in the key 18 to 49 demographic. This is the best rating for Dynamite since the show's October 2nd, 2019 debut episode that drew 1.409 million viewers. WWE NXT placed number 40 for the night on cable, and it was confirmed that the show drew an average of 658,000 viewers with a 0.16 rating in the key 18 to 49 demographic. We were had reported last Thursday that, according to various media outlets with no confirmed ratings from Showbuzz Daily, this past Wednesday's AEW Dynamite going head-to-head against WWE NXT had its best ratings so far in 2020. Earlier on Thursday, AEW CEO and President Tony Khan revealed on Twitter AEW drew 543,000 viewers in the key 18-49 demographic, while WWE NXT drew 210,000 viewers in the same demographic. I mean, when you have, when you were building towards Moxley and Omega, 
for a couple of weeks time and having a good storyline going into it and never hurts, never fucking hurts. And, uh, I believe, uh, NXT's go home show, um, I guess was pretty much destroyed. Um, especially with, with Sting debuting, uh, the Kenny Omega, the, the Jacksonville screw job heard around the world. Um, the ultimatum put that laid down by Chris Jericho and everything else in between. I mean, come on. There was no way you could tell me that there were, that NXT would even come close. And I think uh, NXT knew that and tried their best to put on a decent show. But, I mean, AEW, I had a feeling AEW was just going to destroy everything moving on this past Wednesday. Excuse me. There was, and there was no possible way that, um, there was, there's just no way that WWE NXT had a chance. They didn't. And I was talking to a per, uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, someone I work with, um, who's also a wrestling fan, um, and we basically talked about how bad, you know, WWE was fucked. WWE is fucked. They are fucked. Now that Sting's over there, now that Sting made his debut, and what many people were saying was an iconic debut, you don't throw around the word iconic often. Unless, unless you were Billy Kay and, um, Peyton Royce before they split up, but yeah, there's there is no way you couldn't tell me that debut was one of the best moments in 2020, and a possible front runner for moment of the year for the YLP Awards, 2020 by the way. There's just no way, and now. You also have Impact that's going to get ratings because Kenny Omega is going to appear on the show um, this coming to, uh, tomorrow, actually. And then you have AEW having the Sting interview and Kenny Omega interviewing on Dynamite. Along with the Ultimatum with the Inner Circle. Along with the deal with Kingston and Archer. With uh, Archer and the uh, Lucha Bros taking on... Um, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, and The Blade. WWE's in trouble. They are in some serious trouble, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't think that, then I think you... Uh, I have also have a, a beach house in Idaho I can sell you as well, my friend. Just putting that out there. But, yeah. Over, I'd say the remainder... I said the remainder of this month, AEW is going to dominate. I said that on Friday. And I see no reason why I would think otherwise. But the round, but the final, to end today's uh, episode, to end this week's episode of News of the Weekend, I have some good news, and we shall end on a good note from F4WOnline.com. And congratulations to uh, Renee Paquette and John Moxley. We do know that she is pregnant. And now we do know, we finally know, they are expecting a baby girl. This is from Joseph Courier. Renee Paquette and John Moxley are expecting a baby girl. On Instagram on Saturday night, Paquette revealed the gender of their upcoming baby by posting a picture of a cake and writing, quote, it's pink. Paquette's pregnancy was first announced publicly during a promo by Moxley on the November 18th episode of AEW Dynamite. In an interview with People last month, Paquette said her maternal instinct was telling her the baby would be a girl. Quote, we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but we have options for both scenarios. My maternal instinct is telling me it's a girl. We'll see if I'm right. Naming a person is crazy. It's a lot of pressure to get it right, but I think we'll probably lean towards something classic and timeless, end quote. 
Paquette told People that she and Moxley had a few names in mind for the baby, but hadn't decided on anything yet. This will be Paquette and Moxley's first child. The couple got married in 2017. Paquette launched a new podcast called Oral Sessions last month. Her cookbook, Messy in the Kitchen, My Guide to Eating Deliciously, Hosting Fabulously, and Sipping Copiously, is set to be released on May 18th, 2021. And, of course, Moxley lost the AEW World Championship to Kenny Omega on last Wednesday's Winter is Coming episode of Dynamite. So, congratulations to the uh, to the couple, uh, Renee and John, um, on a baby girl. So, we're going to have uh, Becky Lynch. Oh, 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 okay. almost dropped my phone there. My apologies. So, we're gonna, I believe Rollins and uh, Lynch are going to have a baby boy. And then we're going to have Moxley and... Renee Paquette having a baby girl. Um, can we say future um, Mr. and Mrs. Good? Perhaps. <laughs> I'm spe- I'm only just being weird. Don't mind me, but congratulations to them both. I mean, hey, more power to you, y'all. You know, and, and it's really cool. Um, the fact that he cut it in a promo uh, announcing the pregnancy, which is pretty sweet. Um, and then finding out it's a girl, um, Mr. Moxley, as a nephew of two girls. Um, I will be pretty much getting my katana blade uh, very, very soon. And um, I believe uh, Brass Knuckles, AK-47, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Shotgun is preferable. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Either way, congratulations to Renee Paquette and John Moxley on the, uh, having a baby girl is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I mean... Personally, and I'm going to be out there with that, I do not want kids. Um, it's just a lifestyle choice for me. Uh, as I, I prefer to be an uncle, to be honest, because I get to give him back. Uh, and I'd rather just be a uh, happy dog father, even though that is rightly not accepted in the community. You're not a dog. You're not a parent. Shut up. If you if you had to go through daily what I had to go through with my dog, you would think otherwise. That little thing, that little 11-year-old dog over there knocking, passing the fuck out right now is, is a child. Sits like a human, eats like boy, acts like boy, and wants to go after everything in sight. Yeah. She's a handful and a pain in my ass, but I love her to death. But more power to Renee and John. And again, congratulations on their first cat on their first child, first and foremost. And congratulations on now knowing it's a baby girl. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 275 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready and prepared. For Wednesday night's episode of NXT, for an episode of last week, this week for episode 276 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode 275 of the YLP Podcast, talking about news of the weekend. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, comments, opinions, anything of the sort, make sure you hit me up, of course, with a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, over on anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio, and over on BigAmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com. And of course, 
If you want to hit me up with an email, email your boy at youngalliansperspective at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode and anything that happened from NXT TakeOver War Games last night. Anything at all, anything you have in terms of that, I want to create a dialogue with you guys. And uh, hopefully one day I want to have a, a possible episode where I simply just talk about uh, anything you have on your emails and all that stuff. So hopefully we can get that popping one day. If you want to follow me on my social media at all and keep up with the YLP podcast as a whole, I can be found over on Twitter at YL Perspective, capital YLP Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights, SmackDown Live on Friday nights, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to. I'll let you guys know beforehand. Every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK takeover special like I did last night for NXT TakeOver War Games. And of course, when it's 3.30 in the morning, I have nothing else better to do because, well, I went to the bathroom and I unfortunately couldn't go back to sleep. I do live tweet for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Over on the Instagram side of things, you can find me over there at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Updates on shows, 60 second thought videos, anything of the sort. Still getting back into swing of things. And of course, given the fact that my Instagram is connected to my Facebook, I still have a Facebook page over there. You can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over 100 followers over there. I appreciate every single one of y'all for your continued love and support. All the good things over there. Much appreciated. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, all the alt tent over on the parlors and the gabs. Send it through a DM, slide in your friend's DMs to let them know that this episode has just dropped. Send it through a text message and make damn sure you use your Facebook Messenger as well. Because in these quarantine times with lockdowns going on again across the country and uh, you know small businesses unfortunately taking the brunt of it, we here at Wrestle Addict Radio do our very damn best to give you top-notch quality programming every single day that we are on during the week. We put in the work for you guys so you guys can enjoy the a very good show. And of course, with the Biopi podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the uh, Fretzamania podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Manch Chapel. We, of course, at Wrestle Addicts Radio, not only strive to be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but we want to be 100%, without a doubt, undisputed, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative the Professional Wrestling Podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, for those of you that don't have the Anchor app, that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. God knows the deal with that. Everybody has their favorite platform to use for their podcasting listening needs. But if you think for one second we're just all about Anchor.fm of an ambiguous podcast solutions, my friend, you are missing the boat on a lot more than you bargained for. Not only are we part of Anchor.fm and AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, and of course, shout out to Will Tara Shook for running the show over there. And we appreciate you allowing us to be partnered up with y'all. We are also partnered up with Amazon Music and Audible. Yes, we are part of the Amazon movement now. We Amazon Music came to us and wanted us to partner up with them. So we said, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Of course, you can find all your music, TV shows, all that stuff with Amazon and all that stuff if you have a Prime account. But now you can also listen to podcasts, and we here at WrestleAct Radio are damn proud to be part of that as well. So that is a, just another platform to find us over there. And, of course, Audible. You know, if you've heard of Audible, you already know what I'm about to say. But if you haven't heard of Audible, A, where have you been? B, um, they have, of course, they are mainly an audiobook company with hundreds of thousands of audiobooks. Especially in the professional wrestling community, you can easily find uh, an audiobook. Jim Ross, um, Shawn Michaels, I believe, uh, Brock Lesnar, um, a lot, of, a ton of uh, professional wrestlers, uh, legends, uh, new and old, have, done, have uh, put out audiobooks. And now they are getting into the podcasting game as well. And you can find us at audible.com. Of course, you can find us across several different other platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Overcast, Brico, Castbox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for all of the Wrestle Addict Radio podcasts across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. Right, Marley? Yes? Okay. I'm going to. Look to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for the day. And we're going to look to the country of my heritage, the Czech Republic, to ensure I fulfill all that. And I believe I am getting the thumbs up. Also, um, for my uh, Czech squad out there over in the Czech Republic, uh, happy uh, St. Nicholas Tradition Day. Uh, that actually just went down this past Saturday. So I'm learning about my Czech traditions. And uh, the St. Nicholas tradition just went down, um, actually, which is for the uh, children of the Czech Republic, um, ensuring, letting them know that Christmas is coming very, very soon. So I hope you guys enjoyed that across the pond over in the Czech Republic and all the good things. Tomorrow, episode 276 of the YLP podcast will be going down. Y'all know how that go. And that means a brand spanking new episode of last week. This week, where I talk about last week's go-home episode of NXT and get you prepared for this week's episode of the Black and Gold Standard, the Fallout episode from NXT TakeOver War Games. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of talk about like that with that. Of course, with the uh, ladder match between Shot, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez, as well as rounding out the entirety of the card for TakeOver War Games. We're going to discuss all that, and it should be a damn good time. And I hope you guys are there with me manana. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. If you're going to be watching Monday Night Raw tonight, my condolences to your sanity. And if you're going to be watching Monday Night Football, I believe there's a doubleheader on tonight. Um, I forget who's playing, so no predictions from me on that stuff. So that's going to be it for me. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. And I'll see you guys right back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for episode 276 of the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.